the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing more. Thanks for listening to the show. Show dedicated to get you to retirement, but not just retirement, but to have a decent retirement, i.e. being a cool grandparent, maybe seeing parts of the world you sacrifice seeing while you're raising kids. That's what retirement means to me. Let's bring on CFP Certified Financial Planner, New Focus Financial, Chad Burton. How are you, Mr. Burton? Great, Mr. Black. How are you? Well, well. Um, obviously we have a seminar coming up anytime you come on air, it seems for me to promote that. Um, and the one is coming up very soon. This is the week of it. So it's the first time we've been in uh, Cupertino proper in quite a while. It feels like, which is odd because it is the heart of Silicon Valley on so many ways, retirement income, uh, wealth estate planning seminar this Thursday, 6.30 to 8.30, Juniper Hotel. People can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Use code RADIO25 to get it for free. So let's talk content. Sure. Um, retirement. You know, obviously there's a couple ways of things can go wrong. Which would you rather have, as a kid in third grade would say to you, which would you rather have, uh, Frankenstein or the Boogeyman? <laughs> but high inflation <laughs> or mediocre returns? Which is worse? Oh, I, I, well, mediocre Returns is safer than having high inflation, and it's it's interesting, but it's really just how math works. So if you sit there and you run a financial plan, and one of the tests on your portfolio that you should run is a test that says, okay, what if I have a couple of decades like 2007 to 2017, where you have this big drop, and you have balanced portfolios earning about five and a half percent, and that seems you know kind of low for a long-term retirement projections. That's kind of what it did with bond rates being low, and the average is being affected by the 2008 and 2009 numbers. Um, so if you're running a portfolio and say, oh, yeah, you know what, I'm going to be okay. If I use about 2.6% inflation and 5.5% rate of return, my portfolio will last till age 100. You're in pretty good shape. So what is worse, going down by half a percent on your average rate of return or going up by a half a percent on inflation, and you might think in your mind that that's a wash, but it's actually worse. An equal amount of inflation increase versus return decrease is worse. So inflation being higher is worse than portfolio returns being lower because you're drawing more out on a constant basis. It's a compound number on how much you're drawing out versus how much you're earning. So it sounds a little bit confusing on, on radio without actually showing numbers. But you just have to know inflation is worse than slightly mediocre returns. Could deflation be better? Like, could, is there a scenario in your head where be better? Right. So it's kind of a weird thing because deflation to economists is really like the oh we don't want deflation. They'd rather have inflation than deflation. But 
now I'm getting well. Money. At least you know what to invest in when you have some inflation, right? I mean, you you can invest in commodities. You can invest in tips. Uh, deflation is a much different animal. Um, you know, what do you what do you invest in when prices are falling? Um, it, it's it's interesting, Rob, because in retirement you kind of deal with deflation a little bit on one side of your expenses and massive amounts of inflation on the other side. Healthcare costs are increasing by at least six percent a year. But at the same time, your travel costs are going to actually deflate over your retirement because you might not travel as much when you're 85 years old as you did when you were 70, right? So it's sure. it's it's you you've really got you can't really run these linear models on these online calculators. They just don't work, and you have to know how to adjust your income as you feel the effects of inflation or as you go through you know say a major market correction. It's interesting that you say that because another thought of deflation. I have a great example. I was once at a restaurant. I had this big fat steak, and it was just—it was delicious. It was big uh, prime rib, and an old man sitting there, sitting next to me, and he's eating a hamburger. He goes, uh, "When I was young, I could eat meat like that." So he's eating the cheaper hamburger. I'm eating the more expensive. Anyway, that's a bad example, but it's also kind of a good example that as you get older, maybe you won't eat as much or eat out as much. So we're talking about the new Focus Financial Planning Seminar coming up. You're going to say something? Well, yeah, I think that actually what you pulled up, and you're amazing at these analogies that you come up with, because I can never do that, but it's, it's a perfect example of how you adjust your portfolio if you do go through a major market correction, because um, you know having a withdrawal strategy is really key, and that's what we talk about in the event a lot, is you know, how much cash you have to be able to get through major market corrections. But it's interesting to watch people go through a market correction because they think, oh my gosh, the market's down 20% during this market correction, which happens every you know five to seven years. So I have to reduce my expenses by 20%. How many households can actually do that? I mean, that's a huge decrease in expenses, if you look at it. And so what you did, you're, you're getting the steak, this guy's getting the hamburger. He made a minor adjustment. That's not a huge adjustment, that's a minor adjustment. And what you can do when you go through and face these market corrections, which you'll face at least once a decade in retirement, making a small adjustment for a long period of time to your and uh, your expenses can have just as much effect as making one drastic reduction, which is very painful and expensive. So what you do is when you see a major market correction, that's why you have a financial plan. You're always keeping your projections active. So you can say, okay, as long as I maybe reduce my expenses for by 3% for the next five or six years, I'll be just fine, and likely the market will recover sooner than that, and I'll go back to normal sooner than I expected, versus massive reductions in expenses just because you're reacting to what the market's doing today. So we got a big event coming up in Cupertino on May the uh, 3rd. So I keep thinking May the 4th. I, I so badly wanted to do the Star Wars Day, but May the 3rd, it's going to be 630 to 830. Um, Cupertino at the Juniper Hotel. It's a re- income and retirement and uh, state planning you know, a lot of theories, a lot of questions answered, a lot of uh, thoughts about the current economy, current stock markets, a lot, a lot out there, but heavily tied towards retirement planning. Any last thoughts that you want to throw out there, Mr. Chad Burton, as we're cruising towards the end of the segment? Um, yeah, I think that, you know, once you're in retirement, um, it's, it's really important to keep an eye annually on your expenses and your portfolio returns and adjusting everything. You know, a 30, 40-year-old, you can give them a five-year checklist and they can be okay. But in retirement, you're trying to make adjustments to things like inflation. So um, you have to say, is it okay right now to adjust your income because you're feeling the effects of inflation? 
have you gotten your rate of return that you projected? And are your expenses on track? Is everything else on track? Is it okay to actually increase your draw rate to keep up with inflation? You have to keep an eye on that. How often do people in retirement meet with a financial planner like yourself? Because you just so, said you've so got to keep up it with it. At least once a year. When you're initially doing the financial plan, your retirement plan, it's often several meetings in in the first and second year. Um, After that, it tends to be one annual really hardcore review and quarterly calls to check up on how much safe money and do we need to take off any gains from the market to replenish the safe money. Okay. CFP Chad Burton, can you hear him here live on AM 1220 KDOW from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m.? You can come out and meet him live for the Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar in Cupertino, Thursday, 630 to 830, Juniper Hotel, Cupertino, California. You can sign up for the event by going to newfocusfinancial.com, hit events, newfocusfinancial.com, use code RADIO25 if you're a radio listener and haven't been before. We will see you there Thursday at 630. I'll get there a little bit early, so we can update some financial work chit chat with you and see you there catch rob black and rob black and your money live on the bay area airwaves weekday mornings from seven to nine on am 1220 kdow and streaming live on the kdow radio app or kdow.biz and don't forget the weeknight replay at seven good day let's get you to retirement let's bring in cfp chad burton to talk about some of the issues CFP Chadberg, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. Hit events, sign up for an event coming up to an area near you. Use code RADIO25 to get in for free while at newfocusfinancial.com. Mr. Burton, home insurance. Yes, sir. Home insurance. It's one of those things that um, I don't think people actively think about it much. And then I guess you think about it when you need it, right? I, I know they don't think about it because we've been kind of on this really... Uh, proactive then to make sure that clients are looking at their homeowner's insurance. And part of it is because of what we've seen in the Bay Area over the last several years. And then we have a ton of rebuilding up north for the fires. Um, so one, it's hard to get good contractors. And two, prices have gone up drastically across the board. You're talking about, in some places on the peninsula, six, 700 bucks a square foot for rebuilding costs. That's insane. Um, I was looking at a policy the other day of somebody that was closer down in San Jose and they were insured on replacement costs for their home for less than half of what it would cost to rebuild it if something happened. That's pretty dramatic. And just to- it is. I mean, can you imagine something awful happens, like up north and the fires or whatever, and then you, you think you're covered, but you're not. And you're trying to find, what, half a million, $600,000 all of a sudden to rebuild a home that you were living in? That's going to be my exit story. I'm going to fake my own death in a fire. <laughs> can't do it now. And then, it, then it's gonna be under. Then it's gonna be underinsured. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I was actually talking to a contractor the other day, and it it kind of upset me because he said, "Yeah, so right now I could I could throw on an extra hundred thousand dollars on any project, and they'll pay me because they have no other option." I'm like, "Really?" Yeah. And the answer is, "Yep." So you're right. The costs are going out of control, and the contractors know it. So. Uh, how do you think we should go about looking at our homeowner's policy? Because a lot of people, Chad, this is very common. They will insure, if it's a million-dollar home, they'll insure a million dollars, even though 
700,000 of that's land. 300,000 is rebuilding, but it's like you're saying, it's probably 400,000 now to rebuild it. Um, yeah. Some yeah. people go out and get a million dollar policy, even though you probably only need a $400,000 policy. Right. And so that's the thing. It's not like it's the simplest thing to understand in the world. Um, and you, you need to check in. Just like we tell people, you know, every so often I'll call, you know, my cable company and say, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to go satellite because this is just too much money and, you know, there's, I'm not really happy with the service and then I get a discount, right? So I try to do that every so often. Um, now they're on to you. With your homeowners. What's that? Now they're going to be on to you. I know, I know. Great, they're listening. They're listening in all the time. But anyway, homeowner's insurance can be a little bit crazy because you have a couple of things that go on in a homeowner's policy, and there's an other structures policy. Some homeowner's policy consider a deck and other structure. Um, there's a lot of people that I know that have homes, but they have a large you know, shed or something like that on the property. So they think, oh, I'm, I'm underinsured. Because to rebuild everything, it would be a certain amount. But your other structures is typically a percentage of your normal dwelling replacement coverage. Does that okay. make sense? Sure. So if you have a really fancy deck overlooking something um, and you think that you couldn't rebuild your home for your dwelling coverage, maybe your deck is, in your policy's case, like mine, USAA, is like that. Um, so maybe it, it is covered and you don't know it. Um, I, I was just recently, you know, finishing a, a remodel issue, so having to refi and then update my homeowner's coverage. The banks, the bank said, "Oh, you're not insured for enough." But then I had to send them a bunch of stuff from USA saying, "Well, here's the dwelling coverage, here's the other structures coverage, which includes the deck and the concrete, and then it also has this um, guaranteed issue, uh, guaranteed replacement." So sometimes in a policy, they call it a guaranteed replacement cost. Or if it looks like you might be underinsured, there might be something in your policy that has a guaranteed replacement cost, which increases the insurance and the coverage if your basic doesn't. So it, it's not just as simple as looking at the, the face, the contract of your policy, and thinking that you're underinsured. You still might be insured. I'm not sure. It's worth a call. Spend a half an hour to make sure that the place that you live is properly covered if something bad happens. So... How do you find, I use USAA and GEICO for most of my types of insurance, whether it's homeowners, renters, or um, car. How do you find, you use USAA. I tend not to use like the state farms. I, don't, I tend not to use the local mom and pops because it is discounted if you go with a big national call center firm. And um, what advice would you give me or what advice would you give your kid on getting insurance if USAA is not an option? USAA is awesome, by the way. It really is. If anybody in your family has some sort of a military background, I I really love working with USAA. Um, But sometimes there's certain things like, uh, for example, umbrella coverage for me, based on field and stuff like that, I have to kind of go reinsure on that to get the proper amounts. Um, There's specific situations where clients might have a, a ranch or some sort of a farm property that might be different. So there's certain things that USA won't cover. Uh, they don't really do boater's insurance, Rob. I kind of I go through them to get through to a different company for boat insurance, for example. So there's different things. I had a client recently in Portland, Oregon, that went with like an American family because they were able to get earthquake insurance without having to do the retrofitting. Okay. So it kind of depends on your situation. Um, and, you know, there's, the, there's a fault in the Northwest just as scary as there is in, say, Hayward, right? So you got to think about those things. It, it, there is certain times where you got to shop around based on your circumstance. 
Who gets earthquake insurance in the Pacific Northwest? Oh, you haven't heard about the fault up here? There, I mean, there's there's just as much chance that there's a giant one in the Northwest as there is in the Bay Area. Good for Dwayne the Rock Johnson. You can make another uh, <laughs> make another disaster flick, and this one take down the Space Needle, right? Yeah, isn't he working now with a giant ape um, that could maybe help you know dig people out if something bad happens? What's that I, movie that's out now? I'm just going to leave you hanging there. <laughs> uh, isn't he working with a giant ape? Yes. <laughs> That's Denzel Washington. Oh, when I was updating my insurance too, Rob, because I, you know, they were saying, "Hey, by the way, you know, you can go double your liability insurance on your property for an extra twenty cents a month." I'm like, "Sold. Just put it on there." Wow. So, yeah. so it, it's worth a call. People really need. I mean, if you haven't talked to your insurance agent for your homeowner's policy, you need to give them a call, especially in the Bay Area, especially down the peninsula, because. You're, most people are drastically underinsured on their homeowner's policies. The Wade and the Rock Johnson movie with the ape is called Rampage. That was yeah. based on was a, video- a video game. It was a video yeah. game, but I don't remember it. I kind of remember it, you know, post Donkey Kong, a little better graphics, maybe. Okay. <laughs> well, that's good to know. Chad Burton is a gamer. You have a, a lovable heart after all. Anything but a gamer. I. My kids don't let me play with them on video games because I'm like, if it's a shooting game, I'm just shooting the corner and the ceiling, and I can't get out of the corner of the building. He's the best. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. He is a gamer. He's a loving man. He's a financial planner. You can hear him 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. here on KDOW AM 1220. Find him at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. One of my jobs on the show is to help get you to retirement. One of them is paying attention to stocks and investing in the markets and showing you how that game kind of works, if you want to call it a game. One of the things I do is listen to conference calls. And Elon Musk had a doozy of a conference call last night. Elon Musk, obviously the king poobah over at Tesla. And uh, every 90 days, Wall Street has to come clean and tell us how they did. And this one was a good one. It was probably the most unusual call a lot of analysts have ever heard. Um, as long as there's good questions, Musk begins the call with, I think our letters say most of it. But I think we're going to spend extra time on Q&A and try to answer as many questions as possible. I think we should be able to answer. So we're going to go as long as there's good questions to answer. He was asked about reorganization. He was very flippant. I would almost say he, I'm not going to say drunk because that could be slanderous, right? But it was a really odd call. So if you did a chance to go to YouTube and just type in Elon Musk, a strange earnings call. He, uh... One analyst from Sanford Bernstein said, and so where specifically will you be in terms of capital requirements? And, he, and Musk's response, excuse me, next, boring bonehead questions are not cool. Next. Wow. At one point in time, he answers a question with, these questions are so dry, they're killing me. Um, he gets really upset in the conference call. He attacks the media. At one point in time, saying the Reuters report is based on nothing. Like, I don't know where that came from. We will not be starting production on Model Y at the end of next year. No. It's probably closer to 
24 months from now. So he said to a YouTuber at one point in time, way more interesting. So he was talking about doing the 500-mile range semi. He thinks it'll be around 600 miles when production actually starts. And the YouTuber said, awesome, great stuff. So I'm wondering, are you guys going to let Porsche best you in the market with a 350-kilowatt-hour supercharger? Because I know you've mentioned V3. And uh, Musk responds, ask questions that are not boring. There's not a person in this room who hasn't done that. Well, maybe, maybe not. But I honestly think something was wrong with him. And I, I'm not, this isn't a shout-out to, like, save, save the billionaire. But he won't be on conference calls in the future. Um, if he is, it'll be on a very limited role. They have to be um, stressed over there. Wall Street's responding negatively to the stock. Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, has an underperform. And uh, you know, their, key, their key things were you know, gross margins lower than expected, operating expenses... Um, higher than expected. There's, there's, this is a very dangerous company, in my opinion, because they're, they seem to be in the business of burning money. But they are delivering more cars. And yeah, they are revolutionizing the car industry, for sure. But it's tough to put a finger on all that. Morgan Stanley has a hold. And uh, their analyst said on Tesla, to be clear, tonight's conference call didn't go very well. J.P. Morgan has a sell saying Tesla reported mixed quarter results marked by better than expected revenue margin and earnings per share, but accompanied by a bigger than expected cash outflow and record net loss. Goldman Sachs has a sell. Barclays has a sell. Guggenheim has a buy. So needless to say, if you invest in Tesla, it's going to have to be a long-term thought. Rudy Giuliani says President Trump reimbursed lawyer Michael Cohen for that $130,000 payment to porn star Stormy Daniels. Why is this news? Why am I talking about it? Um, as the presidency goes, sometimes so goes the country's morale. As the president goes, so goes sometimes policy. And it just seems like the second half of this year, as we, it's an election year, right? Um, it's an even number year. So we've got elections coming up. It's going to be an interesting. I, I think the tone on Wall Street is shifting. I think it's a lot more afraid of the Federal Reserve and higher interest rates. And we're seeing that with the market trending lower, making lower highs as we march higher. Amazon Prime is now $120 plus dollars, dollars a year. Up from $99. And will you stop using Amazon Prime? Their price hike comes after Blockbuster first quarter earnings results which sent the stock soaring to record highs. $20 increase has become a real deal breaker for some people. Will you renew? Will you not renew? For those who are willing to pay more, the vast majority cite fast and free delivery as the top reason for staying. At what point in time do you go, you know what, I'm just going to the store. I just ordered a lockbox from Amazon. Key lockbox, you know? I was like, I can go to the store and do that, or I can get on Amazon Prime and stay on my couch for the rest of the afternoon. So anytime you have subscriptions, um, there comes a price point where you go like, this is too expensive. I hope there it does, at least. Elsewhere out in the world of news, 
Markets are all lower. I'm not panicked. This bull market, too, shall end. We know that for sure. I'm more upset about poor Kanye. My main man who sang a little gold digger. I don't know how he did that so fast. But Adidas has been loving Kanye for years. And now there's a petition going around to ban, to, you know, boycott Kanye. Now, what's interesting about that is nothing other than I'm trying to teach you a business lesson about sneakers, right? I like Nike because they've been in business since I was a little kid. And I kind of assume they're going to be in business when my little kids have little kids, right? So Adidas boss says Kanye West is an important part of his company's strategy. Kanye West made some comments on slavery being a choice um, while he was out trying to promote product. And I'm not socially or historically correct enough to even delve into his commentary or even him as a singer. Like, I, I know like two songs or three songs. I don't know much. Um, I know that he could sell product, and a lot of people think he is basically going to pass Jordan in the world of shoes, and that's a big deal for Adidas. 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 Correct way of saying it, but no one says it the right way, but everyone goes, Adidas. It's like Mercedes versus Mercedes. But anyway, um, so the CEO of Adidas, Adidas comes out and quickly says, we don't support West in those views. But is it enough to say... We're going to fire him or put him on paid leave because his Yeezy Boost sneakers have helped maintain a buzz around Adidas. His clothing range for Adidas Originals, while a useful marketing tool, appeals to a niche audience. Doesn't do that great. But Adidas is doing well. And they've I'm not going to say they've caught Nike, but they're hanging in. So millennials on both sides of the Atlantic have started to gravitate to old man sneakers. And the Reebok Classic in particular. So Adidas, should they be focusing on Kanye West or should they be focusing on Reebok? You know, how can they reinvigorate that brand? Brand sales fell 3% in the first quarter, excluding currency movements because of declines in the training and running categories. So, um, so Reebok could fill a Kanye-shaped hole, so to speak. Um, so a lot going on in the world of sneakers, right? I still like oh, Nike my, my, my. Um, for the long-term patient investor. So, but I think both companies are, are attractive if you have patience. So other big stories out there of note today. How much money should I have saved by age 40? It's probably one of the bigger questions I see floating around out there. And, you know, unless you got a lot of real estate or you inherited a lot of stock or something, or you hit it big by working at a dot-com company, you probably have questions like, how much am I going to need? You're probably not sitting on a, a big old pile of gold. Or maybe you are. Social Security is going to replace about 40% of the average worker's income. So this means that unless you have a pension or other guaranteed income stream, you need to supplement that with a 401k plan, a 403b, or a 457. Experts generally suggest that you need about 80% of your salary after retirement to avoid sacrificing your lifestyle. It's an interesting thought because I feel like in California, you just don't understand us is what I want to say to the rest of the nation. Um, By 40, you should have at least twice your salary. And by 50, you should aim for at least four times. But if you're living in a pricey state like California, 
you should have more. At 30, you should have half your annual salary saved. I think that's one to two times, not half. But you can see how quickly you could start falling apart. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Live your life. It's the best advice I can give you. I'm looking at the calendar right now, and I'm stunned by how fast the year's already gone by. We're already in um, kind of, I'm not going to say the last innings, but halfway through the year almost. May the 2nd, May the 3rd. Tomorrow Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. So we're excited about that. That's always a cool, awesome thing, right? So anyway, um, got a big event tonight. I will be out and about. Oot in a boot. I'll be in Cupertino. I'll be with CFP Chad Burton talking about investing and talking about income and retirement. Probably the scariest thing that I can imagine a lot of Americans are going to run into, and it's going to be interesting because I don't think people are saving anywhere near enough. And it's not something that you can, like, say that you want to do a do-over. It's not something that you can, like, you know, win a lottery to get out of. Now, maybe, maybe you're that, that one in 250 million people, but I always assume that guy just, you know, rolled in from the beaches of, like, Georgia with a six-pack of Bud Light in his car and picks up a ticket because, oh, shucks, why not? Goes out and wrestles an alligator, and the next thing you know, he's a billionaire or a hundred millionaire after he pays his taxes, right? So that's out there. So I want to get you to retirement. I would love to see you come out, especially if you've never been to one of these. These are good events. Um, I think I've got maybe like less than a hundred of them left in me total. And I'm proud of what I've done. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked. Um, so I would like to see you out there. And yeah, we could talk about investing in income and retirement. Um, one of the nice things about, like, real estate is you slowly pay yourself. One of the nice things about investing in a 401k, 403b is you slowly, you know, build supplemental income for your retirement years. Juniper Hotel tonight, 630 to 830. Retirement planning is more complicated than ever. Risk in your portfolio. I'm not crazy about talking about that. So CFP Chad Burton does. Social Security Strategies. The new tax laws. Good and bad retirement products. We just went through tax season, right? And uh, I looked at my total tax owed. And let's say it was 300000 And so far this year, I've, I've paid 100000 So I'm looking at the calendar. I'm like, okay, there's basically seven months left. And I haven't even funded... You know, a third of my taxes. Well, kind of thing, right? So you got to keep playing with these numbers and you got to keep planning and you got to keep plugging away and, um, you know, know where your budget is, know where your income is. So tonight, retirement income strategies and estate planning seminar. If you're not scared about retirement, that's the one area that, you know, my children will come up to me one day and go, someone will say to my child, they'll go, what did your dad do? And my son will go, my daddy helped people get to retirement so they could live with dignity from age 60 to 100. And I know you're saying, your son is Pinocchio? Yes. His name is actually Joe Pinocchio. No. Joe Pinocchio. No. 
No. So, okay. One of the things that's also, I, I try to point out as best as I can, is that some of these imbalances in the United States are going to hurt us, even if they're helping you now. The old haves and have-nots, right? High housing costs are driving out lower-income Californians. Is that like a no-duh? I work in radio where there's a lot of kids who go to college and they get like telecommunications and you know marketing and communication degrees. And they get into radio and they're like, wow, there's no money here. And then you have to like look around and live with a roommate and then think about buying a house and you have to buy a house with five people. But California has lost lower income residents to other states over a recent 11 year period. Is that a surprise to you? Now, California has gained wealthier households from elsewhere in the United States. The disparity to me shows the sky high rents and home prices. That's not healthy. Um, I believe in balance. I believe in moderation. The organizations that do the research say the numbers underscore the depth of affordability problem. Low-wage residents are not able to maintain a lifestyle in California. Now, to have a robust economy, Californians need to ensure that we get more levels of employment to keep employment levels high. But we also got to get a basic cost of living going on. And that's difficult to, to provide. So... From 2006 to 2016, 1.09 million more people left California for other states and moved here from other places. So most people leave for Texas, Arizona, Nevada, Oregon, and Washington, where housing costs are lower. So I've had some amazing school teachers. I've had some amazing people and friends leave the area because it's not affordable. The rate of out-migrations picked up in recent years as housing costs surged. You need firefighters. You need cops. You need school teachers, especially the ones that love your kid. So that's not healthy. So you could sit there at the bar and go, best thing I ever did was got real estate. Real estate always goes up. Until your ecosystem burns. Big event coming up tonight. You can find out more by going to robblackshow.com, robblackshow.com, Juniper Hotel in Cupertino, 63830. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. Use the code radio25 to get in for free if you've not been to an event before. We look forward to seeing you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.